as it should be. We will evaluate your business and provide solutions you will benefit from. We will coach you through each step of the process from start to finish. Contact us today, Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Rotary Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. You deserve to hear better and live well. Hi, this is Elizabeth. And JT Kraft from Evia Hearing and Sound. With recent developments in over-the-counter hearing aids, we want to make sure you are cared for and have the information you deserve. FDA-approved OTCs are designed for adults with mild to moderate hearing loss. But how do you know if you fall into this range? We understand and can accommodate your desire to purchase a simple solution, but want you to know how important provider care is for your outcome. Where will you go if something fails? Can you adjust your devices if your hearing loss changes? We have amplified hearing protection and basic OTC devices, but we also fit prescriptive hearing aids tailored to your loss, which may ultimately serve you best, and that is our goal. Funding and financing options are available. Visit us at 1273 Coffeen Avenue, online at ebiahearing.com, or call 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Primerate Motor, they recently had a customer stop in and inherited a vehicle and wanted to use it as a trade-in on a first car for their daughter who actually drove the old Blazer into the dealership. Prime Rate's team went right to work showing the soon-to-be college student what her parents had in mind, but she had her eye on the baby blue crossover. In the end, she drove out in the baby blue crossover, which gets great gas mileage and is a safe car for back and forth to Laramie. Problem solved here at Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store, 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan. This time of year, window chips can crack out easily with the changing temperatures. You hit an unexpected pothole, a window can crack out. We can help. Hi, this is Cindy from Novus Auto Glass. We want to help you save money by getting your chips fixed right away. Stop in or call today to make an appointment. In most cases, we can get you in the same day. Novus Auto Glass, 347 North Main, 672-0139. Fox Sports Radio is back in Sheridan every weekend on 106.3 FM. Tune into the best sports lineup in the nation all day Saturday and all day Sunday on Sheridan Media Smart Talk 106.3 FM. The Fox Sports Weekend lineup brings you all the sporting news and controversial conversations from coast to coast. Don't miss Fox Sports Radio all weekend, every weekend on Sheridan Media's 106.3 FM. We are This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. We often speak to the University of Wyoming concerning the amazing work being done in partnerships and through contests to help us conquer the stars. But scientists of UW have also made amazing breakthroughs in the fields of medicine and microbiology. 
Joining me this morning to talk about this and more from the University of Wyoming, I am joined by the Director of Institutional Communications, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Floyd. Uh, how are, how's the weather in Laramie today? Well, we got some snow. We got two or three inches this morning, and, and it sounds like maybe not a lot of other parts of the state got hit. How about you guys? Oh, we got nailed uh, yesterday, and uh, but it did warm up, I'd say, by about 4.30 and cleared off the roads pretty well to get home. But I was absolutely shocked at the amount of snow that we got uh, just yesterday alone. Yeah, it sounds like we're going to have some intermittent snow the next few days. And really, in Laramie, we're a part of the state that hasn't been hit very hard. Parts of it certainly have, well, you know, especially in sounds like in western Wyoming. So it's where we certainly it's, are, are, uh, have plenty of time to get more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Springtime in Wyoming, right? Plenty of wet snow still on the way. Now, uh, UW researchers, uh, they have a study on how microscopic creatures called tardigrades survive extreme conditions and how this has led to a major breakthrough that could eventually make life-saving treatments uh, more accessible to people in remote areas. Can you tell us a little bit more about this? You bet, Floyd. Uh, we've talked about these this research on these little critters called tardigrades before, and they, they're in, intriguing because they can just survive just about anything. Uh, lack of water, heat, uh, uh, they, they just they go into some kind of a phase that they can, they, they, they'll survive. And, uh, and so what, what our researchers here have done is they've extracted some of the proteins from these tardigrades, and they have uh, uh, um, used them to, to preserve uh, um, a pharmaceutical that's really important for human health. And they can, sh and this pharmaceutical is it's a blood clotting uh, uh, medicine called Factor Eight, and it's used to treat both genetic de disease and and like people when they're bleeding extremely, and uh, um, they can, they've shown now that they can. Usually, this has to be refrigerated. If it doesn't refrigerate it, it breaks down and it's useless. With this, by introducing these proteins from these little critters. They can, they can, this doesn't have to be refrigerated anymore. So that, that's huge for things like battlefield situations. It's huge for, say, underdeveloped countries where refrigeration is impossible to be able to get this life-saving pharmaceutical to people. And the thing that's cool is they're relatively certain this is going to work for other important medicines that need to be refrigerated as well. So it's a really major breakthrough, and it happened right here at UW. That's amazing to hear. Uh you know, you said in a battlefield situation, and I can speak from a, uh, a point of experience on that, where, you know, bleeding and bleeding out became such a, a major issue in, in our last conflict over in Iraq, that that is pretty much what, uh, you know, limited medical training uh, the typical soldier got to, to stop, stop bleeding uh, that became the primary issue on, on the battlefield. So I can say that this is an absolute breakthrough. If we had something like that, that would quite possibly make uh, blood easier to clot, especially for uh, hemophiliacs uh, in yes. any part of the world. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And the ability to take 
these the sugar and these proteins from this little resilient animal and be able to apply that to our pharmaceuticals uh absolutely groundbreaking and i think it's an it's amazing work going on down there now are there have they discussed other possibilities uh using this discovery in other fields yeah for sure i mean in the medical fields we're looking at things like vaccines antibodies stem cells blood even blood transit itself uh, to preserve, uh, you know, because blood has to be, of course, uh, for like transfusions, it has to be refrigerated. All that could work. But then they're looking at things like, uh, you know, um, maybe crops that, that can be, could work in dry environments, right? You know, water is huge. And, if, and, and the other cool thing, of course, it is, is as we explore space further, uh, uh, how, how we could survive in, in, in space or on other planets where there's scarce or no or no water. So the thing that's cool is so the, this is led by a professor named Thomas Boothby. He's in our Department of Molecular Biology, which is in our College of Agriculture, Life Sciences, and Natural Resources. And, and uh, he's being funded by NASA and also the military, among others. So it's like there are federal agencies that are really interested in this research, and they're they're putting up money to, for him to do this research and his team. Uh, he's got a, a really cool team here that's, that's uh, doing this work. That's great to hear. Are, are they going to continue work into these other fields using these sugars and proteins right there at the university? Yeah, that, absolutely they are. They, they certainly are. This is, this is part of a big research program that invo- involves uh, all this stuff. So, yeah, this is just sort of the tip of the iceberg, quite frankly. That is incredible. This this one discovery could lead to many, many more, uh, like a like a fantastic domino effect. Yeah. Uh, one one discovery leads to another discovery, which leads to another question. Uh, and I love that about science. I think that's fantastic to hear, and the work that they're doing down there not only groundbreaking, could you know, be one thing life-saving. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Floyd. One, one thing that's really, uh, really particularly cool, aside from just the, 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 the great work that's happening that's going to have an impact on human health, is the fact that this, the, 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 this latest discovery is it was published in, uh, in the Journal of Scientific Reports, and the lead author of that paper is one of our undergraduate students who is part of this research team. His name is Maxwell Packbush. He's actually from just south of the border here in Colorado, but he's a UW undergraduate student, and he uh, he is the lead author of this groundbreaking paper, uh, and and um, it just kind of goes to show if you come to UW, even as an undergrad, you're going to have some amazing opportunities, and and uh, and so. Uh, uh, I thought that was just an interesting angle, too, to this, this whole story. I, I think it really is. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, you and I had talked about the advantages uh, that some of these students can have by working, you know, on very serious studies, groundbreaking discoveries. Uh, and and some people might think, well, I got to wait till I'm done being a student. And that's not the fact. Uh, you can get involved in these amazing things right now at the University of Wyoming and, you know, write a paper on it that is published in a very serious scientific or medical journal. Yep. 
And that itself yep, is is really amazing going forward. They're, they could always look back on that in their career. Yep. Now, now, speaking of funding, the University of Wyoming will receive $120 million to complete long-planned construction projects, and uh, many UW employees will receive a raise as a result of uh, action taken by the Wyoming State Legislature. Chad, how will this money be utilized there at the university? Well, the, the $120 million is all about construction, Floyd, that piece of it. And so that is, uh, that is for three big projects. One of them is to, to, uh, for our new residence halls and dining facility. And the groundwork's going on that now that we're, we're actually seeing work. And, and uh, uh, that's a 900 beds and a, uh, um, have new residence halls, you know, like really new nice ones. Uh, uh, the, the we've, so that, that, that most of that is being paid for by bonding that the university is doing itself. But what we've seen, and it's not news to anybody, is the impact of inflation recently. Yeah, and and that's 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 taken a, a toll. So this allows us to move forward with that and get it done. The other piece of it is the other two pieces are related to athletics. One of them is to renovate the the west side stands at War Memorial Stadium. And anybody who's been there lately, especially under those stands, knows how badly that's needed. And then uh, and then uh, uh, this is really cool because we have a really good swimming and diving program with lots of kids from from Wyoming participating in that it's a new competition swimming facility uh so that's uh, uh, the 120 million allows us to to move all those forward get them done in the next several years that's incredible now uh you know I've been in those stands quite a bit uh I will admit it was a number of years ago what seems to be the big issue with the stands well so the the uh the stands themselves maybe aren't that terrible, but it's the restroom facilities, the concession facilities under the stands that are awful. I mean, they haven't changed since 1950, basically, when the when the uh, when the stadium opened. So it's uh, that piece. But the thing it's going to allow is that they're going to build in some some uh, um, seating there that wouldn't be like the skybox seating, but it would be something um, more open air type skybox sort of feel to it. Okay. I think I can't remember what they call them, but it will be uh, and some and better seating. You know, it's just right now it's just those the aluminum, uh, uh, you know, things you sit on. Uh, but th- this will be some some of it will be very much improved seating. Ah, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, give the back in the, uh, the bleacher style stuff. I guess yeah, right now it's just bleachers, and it'll be part of it will will be different than that. Well, that's good to hear. Now, when it comes to the employees and some of these raises, when was the last time some of these individuals were able to uh, get a raise? You bet. So uh, this is actually the second year of a, of a raise program. That, and so last year was the first raises that employees here had gotten since the 2018-2019 fiscal year. And, uh, and so um, this is really appreciated uh, I mean, the whole, uh, all of the uh, appropriations are really appreciated. This is really important, uh, and it's it's like twelve point two seven million dollars, most of which is going to actually go to uh, the uh, entry level and positions at the low end of the pay scale. Uh, and and we have a real issue with that at UW. People, you know, making uh, less than poverty level wages, and so that's going to allow us to address that pr- issue. 
Well, that's good to hear that that's going to be addressed. Uh, you know, as you said, especially with inflation, you know, uh, if you're going to be able to work a full-time job, you should be able to survive on that. And so yep. that's good to hear. Uh, we're going to have a little bit more with the University of Wyoming right after this. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Share First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Rotary Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Find Atlas Chiropractic at their new location, 41 East Burkett. They're still offering the same great service to all new and existing patients. If you have aches and pains or debilitating back or shoulder conditions, call Dr. Colin Hardy, 672-6000. He can alleviate your pain, reduce your physical stress, and boost and maintain your immune system function. With each adjustment, your central nervous system is supported and strengthened. Call Dr. Hardy, 672-6000. Schedule your appointment with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic, now at 41 East Burkett. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Can you believe it's been a year that we've been talking about Sheridan Honda and Power Sports? Wow, a year. Went by fast. Agree. And in honor of our one-year anniversary, we're offering a two-for-one special on service. Get your Power Sport and vehicle service at the same time, and we'll give you 15% off the total bill. Does it have to be a Honda or Can-Am? Nope. Our skilled technicians can service all makes and models. Call Manny or Kayla to get scheduled today. For 15% off your service, call Sheridan Honda and Power Sports today. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits brings you this historic moment as told by Dr. Will Frackleton. About the time he created the first reenactment of the big fight at the Little Bighorn, he hired actual Native Americans and used actual cavalry from Sheridan's National Guard. Well, when that bugle sounded, the charge, the Native Americans and the real soldiers got right into the fight for real. In the end, Dr. Frackleton had to buy the reservation several steers and announce the chief to be the winner again. Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits, carrying on the legacy of Dr. Will Frackleton. Morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. 
This morning, I am speaking with the University of Wyoming Director of Institutional Communications, Mr. Chad Baldwin. In the first part of the show, we talked about the amazing discoveries thanks to our little friend, the tardigrade, that could help pharmaceuticals to reach people in some of the harshest and most remote climates and the potential to maybe even create resilient crops in the future. We've talked about the $120 million awarded to the university from the Wyoming legislature and some of the great projects that's going to go towards to help uh, help the university update some uh, facilities. The university has always been at the top of the list as far as agricultural studies, and a recent study by the University of Wyoming Extension Office suggests that Wyoming may be well positioned to capitalize on a growing demand for products made with ancient grains. That's right, ancient grain. Chad, what are these ancient grains? Well, one of them is called einkorn, one of them is emmer, and one is called spelt. Uh, And uh, they apparently were used by, have been used by people for thousands of years, uh, and for things like, you know, for, for, you know, baking bread and that kind of stuff and cooking and even like brewing beer. Wow. And so they're, they're, uh, um, yeah, we've tested them at our research and extension centers and basically found these things can work. People can, people can make money with these things. They're, They're a new type of cash crop for potentially for Wyoming. This is really interesting. Uh, you know, they can be used for virtually anything that, I guess, more modern grains can be used for. What are the advantages that they hold over modern grains popularly used today? Well, I think, uh, um, you know, for, for example, there's, there's some parts of Wyoming where growers have been able to grow malt, malt barley and make money. But some of the, some, you know, I, I grew up in Fremont County where people used to grow for Coors there, and then Coors ended up going away. And and so there really wasn't an, an an option. They couldn't do malt barley wasn't a viable, um, you know, cash crop for the people in that part of the state. And so and so they had to look for their options. This is just another option. Um, they are typically the, these ancient grains have higher protein content than most modern wheat varieties, um, and they they you know, they have robust robust root systems. Uh, they use less water than say malt barley does. That sort of thing. Now, now there is a they also produce high-quality straw, which is a secondary product, uh, and, and that sort of thing. And they can also they're viable forage crops uh, for for livestock as well. That the only real drawback is that they they're not free threshing. That they they require additional post-harvest processing. So you you, you have to have a dehuller basically. Uh, but but uh, you know it's a promising it's a promising option for for our growers here in Wyoming. That's really interesting to hear. They they require post-harvest processing, and maybe that's why on, you know, in, in popular times or more modern times, they've been not so much abandoned, but aren't exactly the popular grain to go to. Uh, maybe that one more step, uh, you know, maybe someone figured out, why do I have to take it? I can do, you know, much more with this newer grain, and I don't have to worry about that. Is that kind of why they fell out of popularity, or do we even really know why? You know, I, I'm not sure I'm, I can really give you the idea, but I think you you probably hit on well, some of the factors involved in that, Lloyd. I mean, you, you go with something good. Our, our modern wheat varieties are effective, and, and, and you know, people have 
done wonders with them for years. But it's like we get into a spot. Sometimes it's worth looking back and see, you know, what was used before, and, it, and there might still be a role for those things. And so that, that's what this research has been about. It's worth noting that even though all that called ancient grains, where you have this idea maybe that, you know, in the Middle East somewhere in the, you know, yeah, the Fertile Crescent, right? <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. But but we the, 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 these researchers at UW, this is, in, again, our College of Ag, said that in the early 1900s, there was a breakfast cereal factory in Warland that uses this emmer, which is considered an ancient grain. So maybe it's not so ancient in Wyoming when you hear that, maybe just, you know, a century ago or so. That's really interesting. Um, you know, with... Farmers uh, looking at other options, uh, are these seeds available? Uh, can they can they get this? Can they join the study somehow? Is there anything that they can do to actually grow some of these ancient grains? I, I, I believe I believe that that is the case, Floyd, and and it's just um, they need to talk to to our extension office here at UW. There's a a, a publication that's just out um, that. Uh, uh, you know, Caitlin Youngquist is one of the authors. Uh, she's one of our extension people, and I believe she's in the Bighorn Basin. So, uh, um, so yeah, there there are contacts. If you go online, you can find for sure if you'd like to be involved. And that's fantastic to hear. I would love to see, you know, Wyoming farmers, even if it was just to uh, kind of help the study along, you know, yeah. maybe uh, clear out a corner on some field and grow yourself an ancient grain and see just exactly yeah. what you can do with it. I think that'd be pretty amazing to learn. And I should point out, of course, right in your area, we have the Sheridan Research and Extension Center. Brian Mueller is the one, uh, guy in charge there, and, and I know he's always, uh, uh, you know, happy to interact with folks. Well, that's that's great to hear that people can actually get involved in this. Uh, this is a yeah. study or, or maybe even just kind of one of those long-term studies that we can get involved with right there and help this along. Now, Chad, I've got something here I know you've got to be pretty excited about. The University of Wyoming Press has published its first book. I was taking a, a quick gander at this thing this morning. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Yeah, so uh, uh, it's, a, it's a book that explores, it's a biography. It's written by one of our alum, alumni here at UW. Actually, was a classmate and friend of mine back when I was a student. Uh, and he, he, he's looking at, there was a, a pen and ink artist who, in like between 1890 and like 1915, she did like over 200 sketches of towns and ranches and mines, businesses, animals, that kind of stuff in, in Wyoming and some of our surrounding states. And he, and Mike, has, Mike, Mike Amundsen is his name, has brought uh, uh, all these together in a 230-page book. So it's... Um, so he details the life of this uh, sketch artist. Her name was um, uh, Merit Dana Houghton was her name, and uh, and tells her story. And then shows all, a lot of her drawings, and uh, and and explores kind of you know it's a history of right. That's a great recording of history at that in the turn of the century p- period in the in the, in our part of the country. So it's really cool to see some of the the places and people and and animals that she sketched. And, you know, for historians or people who, you know, the layman historian who likes to, to look into these things, this book would be an excellent addition to your library. Uh, you know, some of these sketches 
that she did, the towns aren't even there anymore. And so yeah. to be able to look at that and and kind of get a layout, a bird's eye view of just exactly how these towns were laid out is a really interesting uh, uh, you know, look at why they laid things out this way. And if there was a pattern going across the West, because she did quite a bit of these. Uh, I mean, this was really, you know, uh, Hooten's life life work, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. And, uh, you know, Mike, actually, when he was a, an undergraduate student, uh, even he, he, um, he did a book where he looked at, uh, there was a photographer named Joseph Stimson who took a lot of historical photographs around the state. Mike found those photographs, and then he went back and actually photographed from the same vantage point, like a, a century later, uh, for uh, for a book he did back then too. So this is the kind of work Mike does. He's a he's a professor at Northern Arizona University now, but he's a UW graduate and actually played basketball for the Pokes. So he was on the uh, Sweet 16 uh, basketball team in, in 687 uh, <laughs> wow. Cowboys. Yeah, he's, Mike's about 6'9", I think, and uh, but he's gone on to have a real distinguished scholarly career. And it's kind of cool that even though he's down there in Arizona now, where it's apparently presumably a little warmer, although uh, although I don't think northern Arizona, I think in northern Arizona is a little higher elevation. But anyway, they um, he's still thinking about his old, uh, you know, his, his alma mater here and doing work in, in, in our state about its history. Well, you know what they say, you can take the boy out of Wyoming, right? But you can't take yeah. the Wyoming out of the guy. So, uh, Now, where can folks pick these books up? Are they available anywhere? Yeah, so um, if you go online and look up uh, University of Wyoming Press, there's, a, there's a, a website you can buy it from there. And there's a promotional code that you can get 40% off. Uh, it expires, though, on March 31st. But it's also on some online retailers, and, and it'll be at some other, like, museums and retail outlets throughout Wyoming. So, um, And it's kind of cool because the University of Wyoming Press is a new thing. I mean, there's a, lots of universities over the years have had, you know, they, they publish their publishers as well as educators. UW has not really had a, 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 the ability to do that. We do now through a collaboration with some instances, with institutions in Colorado, actually. So, uh, but it's uh, so we now have a UW University of Wyoming Press, and this is our first book. Well, that's fantastic to hear. Can we expect uh, more great works in the future? Uh, Absolutely. Kind of reflective of this, uh, touching on Wyoming history and things that we can learn more about our state. You betcha. Yep. That, that this is again just the first of uh, what will be many. I think that's fantastic. Chad, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Great things going on down there at the university. Thank you, Floyd. All right. After the break, we're going to speak with the Sheridan County Library System. Stay with us. This is Public Pulse on 930K, are we? And 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Rotary Club is receiving these funds 
per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Shan Foster with the Country Pet Inn talks about dog training and behavioral issues that dog owners may be experiencing. If the dog's not listening to you consistently and with distractions, it's not trained. And most people say, well, my dog's trained. It can sit, it downs, it comes when I call it. Well, what about when Joe Squirrel runs by? What about when that semi comes by honking its horn? Well, those are the things that I train for in real life. Most of the time, it's all through basic obedience. Now, by doing that, you take care of a lot of the behavioral issues, shyness issues, aggression issues, possession issues. When you put that dog in that mode or the dog understands its role, a lot of those things go away. Whether your dog has obedience issues where it doesn't listen to you or come to you when you call it, stealing food from the table, excessive barking, aggression issues, you name it, we'll work together to solve it. I help people understand their dog. I'm very fond of that. If you want to get a hold of me, go to countrypetin.com or call 674-8582. Hi, this is Guy Cameron, Compliance Director for Cowboy Skill Games. This April, Cowboy Skill is expanding their Wyoming locations, allowing for additional revenue to help support our local businesses. Cowboy Skill is proud to be a Wyoming-based company and has earned the gold standard of compliance. To find out more about adding the highest earning skill gains to your business and keeping our tax dollars in Wyoming, log on to CowboySkillGames.com. That's CowboySkillGames.com. Dreaming of green grass, sunny days, and long drives right down the middle of the fairway? Well, so are we. It's time to get ready for the 2023 golf season at Kendrick Golf Course. Rates are still extremely reasonable, making Kendrick Sheridan's best golf value. Take advantage of their preseason discounts and save even more. Discounted Pass is now on sale at City Hall or online at SheridanWY.gov through March 31st. The snow will be gone. The grass will be greening up before we know it. So don't miss out. Play golf this season at Kendrick Golf Course. Have you driven by the lot of wearing Sheridan Chevrolet? The change in ownership has opened up a flood of new and used inventory. Wearing Chevrolet is busting at the seams in new and used cars, trucks, SUVs of all makes and models. Inventory is back on the lot and arriving weekly. Best of all, same great sales, service, parts, and body shop team is there. New ownership, same great team. Unbelievable inventory. Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet. 107 East Alger, open Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, Saturdays till 4. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan County Library System Director, Mr. Cameron Duff. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. How are you? Doing very well. You and I finally get to have one of these face-to-face. I know. It's been a few months. <laughs> we keep doing over the phone. So. Uh, you know, uh, I had I was speaking with Lieutenant Jorgensen, and he said, you know, I think it's a curse. Every time he came on the show, we knew it was going to It was going to snow. But uh, we're getting to the point now. Finally got him into the studio for the first yeah. time in a while. 
And I think it snowed horribly the next day. Yeah. I was a little worried yesterday, and I'm going, oh, I don't have public pulse till tomorrow. So we're good. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, another four foot drift in, in our yard. It's uh, just, it blows off the field and comes straight in, and it seems to dump right there. I, I, I put up so many snow fences now that there's no more room to put up another one. Yeah. So. Are, do you have some trees planted along that we side? We have about 200 trees. And oh, wow. yeah, even that, it's it's been too much. So on the back end of our garage and our. A uh, little dog kennel. Um, it's all the way up to the roof. It just creates this little slope, and then it blows right over and drifts on the other side. So, I, and I'm just one person here in the county, and and you realize how much wind blows along the mountainside. So uh, we're about five miles from the mountain, but it's still enough. We get it coming down the valley. Now, where you're at, do you guys have to deal with? flooding coming off the mountain? No. Um, you guys don't deal with no, that? No. We, we have some irrigation ditches and a, a creek that comes past our, our place, but uh, they don't flood. It's it's a steep enough drainage down in there that we don't get it on our property. Um, I think everyone's going to have some issue with either muddy uh, mess or some sort of water um, because uh, as this starts to melt, the ground quite isn't quite thawed out, and so there's going to be a lot of runoff. I just hope we don't get ice jams on the rivers. Yeah, so. and and my biggest thing, you know, I'm really hoping that that temperature increases kind of slowly yeah. instead of having, like, those really hot April days that just seem to come out of nowhere. Suddenly it's 65. Yeah. Now and, everyone listening is probably saying, no, we want the 80 degrees right, right now. Right. <laughs> We're done with winter. <laughs> Oh, February lasted yeah. too long, my friend. Too dang long. Now, you've had some construction going on out yes. there. Uh, how's the, the inner circle looking? Um, it's it's going well. The concrete was poured. The uh, framing has gone up. Uh, we had some inspections last week, so they're going to be starting on drywall. Maybe not this week. It may be early next week they'll start drywalling that. Um but another month of solid construction going on in the inner circle and then some cleanup uh, items they have to put in the hearing loop and, mm. you know, painting and, and those types of things that will carry over into late April, early May. The, the whole project is May 31st, but uh, we're hoping to get that uh, inner circle open before then. But I know there's some groups that are already booked for June excited about the uh, changes and uh, the space they can put in with new tables and chairs and uh, the digital displays. And I'm hoping it'll it'll be a a solid addition to the library and um, based off of usage and those that are missing it right now, it's going to be in high demand. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people kind of saying, hey, when's this going to be done? When's it done? Yeah. Yeah. And it's still an impact to the Wyoming room. So um, just realize that they have blocked it off with the door, but just talk to staff at the front desk. And all we have to do for insurance purposes is escort you back to the Wyoming room. So it's okay. it's not that the Wyoming room is closed. You just can't visit it on your own. You have to have that escort because you're going through a construction area to get to that final room. So we just want everyone to be safe and uh, we want our insurance policy to stay intact. So (laughs) please just uh, check with the desk and uh, we'll gladly escort you back in there. So just understand the Wyoming room is open, even though it appears that the door's shut and it's closed. Now let's talk about the, the hearing circle. Yeah. Because this thing is an absolute technological marvel, in my opinion. I think it's fantastic. A a university, or not the university, excuse me, the Wyo Theater added one a while ago. And and I've talked to Aaron Butler about it. 
She's really pleased with it. She says everyone who goes in and uses this thing is very happy with it. Uh, what spurred you to decide, you know what, I want one of these. So we, we had in uh, an individual on our foundation board who was um, had struggles with hearing, and he heard about it from the installation at the Wyo Theater. So that's what spurred the discussion with it, and we're going... Yeah, th- this would be a great addition, and we had donations specific for that oh, installation. Um, so, it, yeah, it was a great success at the Wild Theater. Ours is going to be a scaled-down version because the um, square footage size is much less. Um, but I have m- misspoken in the past, and I want to m- correct the record on the the hearing loop. Is I had said in the past that it's uh, if you have a hearing aid with Bluetooth enabled, you can tap into it. That's not inaccurate. It's more of, it's a telecoil. So there's um, um, copper wires going through the carpet, underneath the carpet, and it creates this cage of sound that is sort of like gathers it together. Okay. And it so it's anyone who has a hearing aid would be able to have an enhanced sound. So that's where I misspoke. I thought it was only those with Bluetooth, and it's not. It's anyone could tap into it. And then if you need to, um, I believe there's headphones that you can also, you know, borrow from uh, the Wild Theater and, and be able to uh, listen. But you can create sound areas. So someone's with a microphone, in the, at the Wild Theater right now, and they're talking. The sound booth guys can go ahead and increase the sound in a certain section of the seating if they know someone's there who needs access to this. So it sort of enhances it in regions for them. Our case is it's a smaller area, so the whole room is the region. Um, so we don't necessarily have to adapt it um, further. But yeah. For anyone else who sits down at the Wild Theater, you would never know what's going on. But for right. those that are um, struggling a little, uh, they don't really have to notify uh, those around them. It, it just is automatic that you can do it. So it's kind of a seamless uh, way of you know, participating. And um, I think it's, it's great because we're not leaving anyone out with that. Um, so it, it would be about $10,000, $11,000 with the installation, and we did have a donor who provided the whole funding for it. Well, I think it's absolutely fantastic, you know, these these advances in technology where, you know, it's it's including everybody mm-hmm. in the discussions. And, and someone now who, you know, maybe just two, three years ago stayed home yeah. uh, from a discussion that they wanted to take part in can now... Grab the books, head yeah. on down, yeah. have a great time. You can hear you know, everything. And in the past, we had it more of a pit um, seating arrangement. So you, you could get a someone with a wheelchair in there and, and be on the upper ring. Um, but now that it's completely filled in, um, fully wheelchair accessible as well. So that's that's a, a positive on our end as well. Is we we want to be inclusive. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more ways that we can right. do that. And as we go along, if there is something that someone hears, a new technology, a new uh, way of providing services for um, those that are impaired, by all means, just let us know. Uh, we would be happy to investigate and see if we can implement it. So. And how's the children's area going? Have the we, children's have we hasn't started. started. Haven't so, started that yet. Um, Odell uh, Construction is the general contractor. They're working on the inner circle. They're working on some electrical. Um, um, part of the next phase is adjusting some areas in the teen area. It hasn't even started. We haven't fundraised, but 
in the meantime, they had to create uh, two office spaces because we're going to be losing some office space for that. Um, So they're working on that, uh, the fire uh, and uh, um, security system. All those types of wiring is going on. So about another month, and they'll start on the children's. But one of the challenges of doing all three areas at once is we lose access to all the bathrooms. Um, So we're trying to lessen that impact. Once the inner circle is 80, 90% done, we'll be able to open up those uh, restrooms again, and then they can start in the children's. Now, when we look at the children's area, for those who know about it, what's going to change there? So in the if you go into the children's area, um, back in the corner, there's a tween section. And all it, it really is, there's some computers, there's some tables and chairs for studying. Families will come in there um, and sit in that area. We sort of semi-enclose it. Um, it's open at the top end, so you can still hear and stuff. But it's like a, a little decorative barrier. A nook. Um, a nook. And it's just something for their own. They're not quite old enough to be with the older teens. They're not quite, or they're too old to be with the younger kids. So it just creates a little space for them. Um, so it's it's a minor remodel. It doesn't knock out walls or anything um, else. But still, they're doing some custom cabinetry and, and shelving in there to create a little angle um, uh, for them. And... Uh, hopefully it'll it'll go well, but uh, we won't know the true impact until they get started. But we've already moved almost everything into uh, rolling shelves. So when they are ready to start, we're going to roll those bookcases out and put them to an, another section of the children's. And uh, it makes it easier for the construction. And then when they're done, we can roll them back into play. Well, I think that's fantastic. Uh, the tweens are going to have yeah. their only... Their own little area right over there. Yes. I think uh, that's going to be well-deserved. And I think it'll probably get a lot of use. You, you end we up hope so, yeah. A lot of those kids from the school we talked about before, they're kind of yeah. using the library as a bit of a hangout. It is. And which I think is great. Yeah, and you'll you'll always get some that uh, want to hang out with the older kids, and then you get some older kids want to <laughs> hang out with the younger. Yeah. So we're just creating that extra space for them uh, someplace that uh, until parents can kick, pick them up, that, that'll be awesome. How's the team doing with all the construction going on? You know, this is a uh, a great group of individuals that work at the library, and uh, they've been um, doing well with the transitions. But most of them had already gone through the 2008 remodel, and that was a major one. So this to them is, is kind of minor, and they're going, ah, war this is second, now, huh? second hand. You know, we're good. There's definitely some hiccups along the way, and we have to figure out some workflows um, and adjust accordingly. But, um, yeah, it, it's been going pretty well, so I'm, I'm very proud of them. Great team you've got down there. Yes. Now. Is the On the Loose art show still hanging up at the library? It is. Um, it'll be up there through the end of the month. Um, can't remember the... If the 31st is over a, a weekend or like that, it might be a couple days uh, before then. But it is through the end of the month. And then we transition over a couple days to get the next uh, display up. So, um, yeah, come down to the mezzanine on the in the Fulmer Library. Uh, it's up and from... Uh, I guess 9 a.m. till 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday, and then Friday and Saturday it's 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. So anytime the library is open, you're able to come and visit and see the collection. I think that's fantastic that the construction didn't interrupt that art show because no. that happens every year, doesn't it? 
It does, and there's uh, we are able to keep the mezzanine area free of uh, construction. The only difference this time around is that the meeting rooms are packed, so there's more activity going on. But I don't think that's a bad thing for some of these art displays because you're getting different people seeing it as they have to go back. They have to pass the art display to get to the uh, meeting room. So you get more viewers that way. Absolutely. And maybe somebody finds a new passion or discovers that they love art a lot more than they originally thought they did. Now, you know, I'll bet uh, staff and the regular users at the library really look forward to this every year. Uh, Do they talk about it quite a bit? They do. And there's there's some times where we're looking at uh, activities and and displays and even staff are going, now, what month is this? And and then we go, oh, yeah, this is coming in. So... You know, we we do look forward to it. And another popular one in the fall is the um, display of quilts. And so Uh you get these regular ones that come through and everyone's looking forward to it. And then, of course, throughout the year, we'll have others up. So we're not saying one's better or or are different than another but uh, we we do get excited about the next display and that's why we try to keep it to only a month uh, so that we can get as many displays up as possible through the year and you know when it comes to quilts uh those who know me know that i absolutely love quilts they're a a vital part of western culture yeah. really i mean the designs the art behind those all oh, the amount of time to to do it and i get there there's some uh, modern ways of uh, making a quilt but the old hand sewing oh. style that that is just amazing i remember my grandmother doing those and yeah it would take her months to do it so it's just awesome sitting around that big quilt table yep. with all the other ladies sewing pieces at a time yeah. it, i mean a real it's 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 awesome piece of our culture right there all right we do have another upcoming art show down there journey of wonder art is that what that's called yeah, and, and I'm not uh, fully aware of when it is. It's set for April 1st through the 29th, but it may be up a day earlier than that. Um, so just be aware that uh, I'm not positive on the timing, but uh, Sally Labore and Linda Hartman's Journey of Wonder exhibit is what's uh, going to be on display through the month of April. And they'll be holding an artist reception on April 3rd from 4.30 to 6.30. Um, everyone's always welcome to attend these artist receptions, talk to the artists, see what their inspiration is, and just enjoy the, the pieces they have. Learning the process. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Now, uh, one more thing. Yes. Before I let you go, congratulations, my friend, on being selected to be the new administrative director for Sheridan County. Thank you. I'm very excited for the opportunity. Um, looking forward to a new challenge. Uh, I know the library is going to be in good hands with whoever they select. And um, I'm fortunate to be able to work with Renee um, for the next uh, two months before her retirement be able to learn from her because she's been in there for 18 years and uh, she's a key component to make the county run smoothly so i have some big shoes to fill but uh, i'm looking forward to the challenge Uh, around when will the library start looking for a new director do you think so the trustees are meeting tonight Um, they'll be in executive session because they are discussing not only my um, personnel position but uh, some compensation and uh, there's another person who's retiring and talking about compensation of how to post those and then they'll come out of 
executive session and make some decisions. But um, I've encouraged them to look at different avenues. Um, so it might be an interim director. It might be something um, that will involve the community in the selection process, a foundation, maybe some staff. But the, the goal is to make a thorough uh, selection process. If you go in there right now and it's four weeks until I leave, if you go in and do it too rushed, you can get someone in there, but they're probably going to leave quickly. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge every employer is going to have in Sheridan County for a while is affordable housing. So yep. if you, someone's coming in from out of town, they could have all the money in the world, but if there is no housing available, nothing to rent, nothing to buy, that's an issue. And I haven't looked at the housing market right now, but uh, it, the supply isn't necessarily as flush as it was even four years ago. So um, it doesn't mean it can't happen, but I think that is going to be a key factor. If someone's coming in from out of state, even somewhere else in Wyoming, is will they be able to find a place to live? Going to be and a if, challenge. If that is the challenge, they just have to realize it could take longer than four weeks to do this process. Cameron, thank you for thank coming you. in and speaking Appreciate with it. me this morning. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan Rotary Club is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Branded with quality, Shipton's Big Art. It's all right here, everything you need, Shipton's Big Art. It's worth a look. Shipton's Big R's Spring 2023 lookbook, that is, in your mailbox, and copies also available at each store location. There are many new items arriving specifically for spring. You probably know by now that Shipton's Big R is your full-line dealer for steel power equipment at all store locations. From Noble Outfitters, men's best dang pocket tees and ladies' tug-free tees. Your choice, buy one, get one 50% off. Many new styles of Ariat casual shoes, Hey Dudes, Keen casual shoes, and Skechers. Just arrived, dirty hands, clean money caps, and more. Many other new items to take a look at in our spring lookbook, including Black Rifle Coffee, Milwaukee and DeWalt Power Tools, and Green Mountain Grills. Look first and make some time for spring shopping at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. Nyar, has your house or ship become so bad that your poop deck is now downright crappy? Paint peeling off, her barnacles are bringing down the neighbor's home values. Nyar, you need Devin at Wire Renovation, matey. He'll come by, take a look at your crappy poop deck, and make you an offer. No matter the condition of